Hello and welcome to I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting, the show where we bring you tips, tricks and techniques that we wish we knew as young songwriters. On this show, we focus on interviews, we focus on resources, subjects you're going to find useful and you can go home and you can use them today. So thank you so much for listening and welcome to the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting. Today, we have a very special guest, and he's a London-based singer-songwriter and guitarist, and you may have seen him on your daily commute. At just 20 years old, he's already accumulated some impressive accolades, including Gigs Champion and Gigs Song Prize Award at the annual Mayor of London's Gig Busking Competition in 2017. His infectious pop, yet relaxed country Americana style comes from a deep fascination of the genre, and he's a big fan of artists like Keith Urban and Jason Isabel, who have seamlessly crossed genres and paid homage to their country roots. Please welcome our special guest, Josh Gleaves. Welcome. Hey guys, how are we doing? The audience is clapping. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to be in a room as well. I love being here and doing these live. So welcome, Josh. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course, man, of course. So you've been busking today, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I was out, um, actually not not in London today, I was out um, in Essex, Chelmsford today. Oh, cool. I started at nine o'clock, finished at 12, Mm -hmm. and then hopped on the train up here, so yeah. The man's travelling, three hours of singing, was that all right? Yeah, I mean, that's like about average um, what I would do. I mean, when I busk around London, um, the average is like two hours. Yeah. I'll just do that straight and then like a, a three hour bus go have like a little break in between little session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah cause I want to ask you about that cause I did it I started when I was younger so oh, good so, so however cool. this is I wish I knew that about songwriting we've got Josh in the room so what we're going to do <laughs> as we like to do is do our song of the week or song of the episode yes. so we brief Josh he's going to get it he's going to nail it I know but um, mine this week is a song called Don't Break the Heart by Tom Grennan and it was it was shown to me by a mentor of mine, Pete, which we'll talk to you one day. He said, check this song out. And I went, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Checked it out. And what I loved about it is there's what's called a front-loaded hook. So the first thing you hear is the chorus without all the production. So it's taken out, scooped out. I think that's so important these days for Spotify. I've even seen it in video editing. So really important having a front-loaded hook. Secondly, the lyric. And I know I've t- I told, you, told you this earlier. Josh is like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but for the listeners as well, if you think about the lyric... I think it's really clever. It's called cliche conversions and subversion because it says, don't break the heart that's loving you. And it feels like you've heard it before, but there's enough of a subtle, subtle change, sorry, that I think it's a really intelligent way to do it. And finally, something I love to talk about, which is called melody spiking. So a really good example is Stay by Justin B- uh, Kid Leroy with Justin Bieber. And also with Tom Grennan, again, right at the start of the song, you're hearing this interval and you hear it twice in the hook and it kind of lights your brain up in a way that you remember it. Um, and, and again, when the chorus comes, he's front loaded it as Max Martin does all the time. So that when you hear it, you feel like you've already heard it before. Um, and there's so much I love about that song, but that's a brief, quick way looking at Tom Grennan, Don't Break the Heart. So Josh, what yeah. have you got for us? What song have you got? Um, I think the one for me is a song by Chris Stapleton. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, yeah, one of my one He's of my, the king. One of my guys. Yeah, I love I love his stuff so much, um, and uh, yeah, a song that he wrote called um, "Starting Over," um, Ooh, yeah. which he released I think last year, mm. um, and I think at the time that he released it, I think he he won an award at the CMAs for it, or, mm. or a few at least. Um, but the the first line just gets me every time. It's um, the road rolls out like a welcome mat mm. um, and it's just like instantly I'm in there and there's just like this image of like the open road and then it it just like continues to, to go on and the second verse um, is and we've got rivers to cross and hills to climb so it's kind of like nice yeah he he um, the, the the way he takes the listeners on the journey is like Really cool, and he's incredible, isn't he? Yeah, quite inspiring. And what you've just done there is, we love to talk about tools, and I talk about tools all the time with my students. And you've just described what's called lyrical deep diving because you literally said it, the first line, and you were in, weren't you? In, you can see the road. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I think it's something I'm learning actually as a as a writer. Um, is what can I say to make someone instantly think? Right, that's 
that's straight that's in, right? It, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, great uh, song. I mean, Chris Stapleton, we love him here. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a staff writer like twenty three, I think, in Nashville, and then he didn't become Chris Stapleton as you and I know him for like ten years. I know he was in quite a few like bands, and yeah, he, he got an Adele cut just yeah, from being in a bluegrass band. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, exactly. So cool, incredible. Go on, Cal. Mm. What's your, what have you got, mate? That's great. It's probably from 1960, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he always does old songs, Josh. So yeah. God, I almost don't want to say it now. Is it? Is it, is it 1970? <laughs> it's I'm a Believer by Neil Diamond. Great tune. Go on. Not um, uh, no, no. I mean, Neil Diamond wrote the original. So I had to, I had to go with the Neil Diamond version. Josh Callum can't do anything from the 21st century. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't think that's entirely fair. No, I'm joking. That is but <laughs> the reason I had to choose this song was because it's just a classic song and um, it, it brings up a great point for me. And it's ironic. It's humorous. And it's actually really whiny in the verse and pre-chorus. <laughs> Which, is that why you like it? Yeah, but it highlights something, and that's that you shouldn't be whiny and in your in your chorus or in your song at all. Um, but the thing that's amazing that I really love about this song is that he turns it around in the best way in the chorus. So you've got all this whiny verse and pre, you know, love's done and gone and done me wrong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But then the chorus turns it around in the best way and it makes it about her and how great she or this girl has made his life um you know i thought love was only true in fairy tales blah 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 right. then i met her well then i saw her face now i'm a believer what she, and we've yeah. talked about not being whiny in your songs on this podcast but yeah. you can be whiny as long as you do it with humor irony and detail and this often gets mistaken by a lot of young or mistaken rather by a lot of young songwriters and so many songwriters would have started with a great verse and pre like Diamond did but then the chorus would have been something like when she walked away and left me all alone you know and it would have yeah. just died off right then um etc cetera, etc cetera. me 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 you know no one cares no right? one cares like talk about yourself for five minutes and you met someone they go who the hell is this yeah, yeah exactly you tell a joke people are like oh he's funny yeah which is that's a really good point then Callum because young songwriters I think that's how I started. Oh, I'm really sad. But if you carry that on unknowingly, you can put people off. Yeah. Really good point. And so Diamond turns it around and he does this all within a minute. And another great quote I heard recently by a songwriter called Ralph Murphy oh, was, rest in peace. I write yeah. songs for guys to sing to girls. Say that again. It's so good. I write songs for guys to sing to girls. Ralph Murphy. We will educate you on Ralph Murphy one day, Josh. He's, uh, yeah. he's amazing. He came to our university and he's this old boy like you know 60s rocking sadly he's died recently but i just remember him he changed the way i think about songs because his book is incredibly written it's called murphy's laws of songwriting and if you're listening it's so well written for someone who's starting out but even to remind you of the basics for someone who's experienced he talks about just the things you've spoken about you may not even know but you'd read it and go uh. yeah mm. So let's get going. Yeah. Josh is here now. We're going yeah. to grill him on some deep. <laughs> so Josh, what's your best advice for a young songwriter? I think I, that's one of the first questions I think I, I saw. And I, I think that's kind of a hard one to answer. Um, because in my, in, my, in my head, songwriting is, it has to come from the heart. And although... It is also technical. Um, I feel like sometimes if you focus too much on the technical side, it can take away from like the emotion and the feeling, and Brilliant. then yeah. the listeners like won't feel it as much. Um, but I think if I was to give any advice, it would probably just be just just follow your heart and don't be shy to to write something that doesn't sound right. Like if. Mm. Because if you, if it really is rubbish, you'll you'll play it at a gig and everybody will leave, <laughs> or or you won't get a response. You know, I think that that's the, the beauty of busking is that that's how I've always tried out my songs. Is that mm. if I write a tune and I I love it and then I play it and no one like looks or you feel it, you don't, don't you? get any when drops, playing, you know, if you know yeah. the vibe instantly and. 
if it's not clicking, then I know I need to go back home and either rewrite it or put it in the bin. Mate, that is genius. Know. Sorry, can I stop you? Because you've said about nine things that are just so incredible for people to hear, but seem to be normal to you. Yeah. First of all, writing from the heart, just being creative, not being mm. afraid to write something. That's amazing because loads of people struggle and they close up. Secondly, you just play your songs to people. Yeah. Some people are too afraid to do that. We mm. preach that on the shows. Yeah. Get good. This is what Ben said. Get good at playing your songs to people. It's incredible. That's number two you're doing. You're, you're 20, right, as well. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That oh, you're doing geez. this. It's really cool. It's really cool. And thirdly, you're getting paid to test out your songwriting. Mm. How yeah, clever is that? I think I think that's kind of a that's kind of a cool cool thing about it as well with the, with the busking is it, it's kind of on further in my point is that if your song is 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 rubbish, you're not going to get any drops. And meaning, it, money meaning yeah, yeah, meaning. So if you play a song and you put your heart and soul into it, you're going to capture like there's undoubtedly going to be one person in the street or wherever it is you are that is going to have experienced what you're writing about. And yeah. if you don't capture them, then you need to think about it again. and Go back and do it. Go back the next week and, and hope they walk past again and <laughs> capture them. <laughs> it's so clever though. So true. And John Mayer talks about how like the public are not stupid. No. You don't sound like you're doing this, Josh, but you're like, Oh, if I haven't got them because of me, it's not their fault. Mm. It's as simple mm. as that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's sort of also kind of a stagecraft thing as well. Kind mm. of comes away a little bit of songwriting. Um, In what sense? Sorry, explain that for people. Well, I think like just your presence, like the way you stand, um, mm. you know, like if you, if you're sort of like kind of playing to yourself as it were, like, and, and you're like enclosed people are going to feel that. Yeah. And I feel like the minute that you accept your, your, your worth and your music and you are willing to open yourself up to the public, I feel, feel like that's when the that emotion can be really like, like, re, like reach people like at, in, at its best. Is it, we talk about, we had, um, two people that write for musical theatre in here, Nick and Amy, right. and they talked about bringing intention to your song. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. It's yeah. tough, right? Yeah. When no one's looking at you, no one's dropping money. Mm. Yeah, no, it can be. It can be tough. Um, but that, I think that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, um, kind of what um, drives me to carry on sometimes. That's brilliant. I love that. So dense already. I mean, Andy Grammer was playing covers for people and they were just ignoring him all day. So he would just keep playing things until he found something that made people stop. Yeah. And that was how he sort of knew like, oh, okay, I'm onto something here. Mm. Like, I think for him, it was Sunday morning was the song that by, by Maroon 5 that suddenly would get people, that he would have people for that song and that song only. Yeah. And then they would move on. So he would go home and he was like, okay, I need to write my version of Sunday morning. That's do, do you have anything sort of like that? Are there songs for you that are um, that work that get people to stop that get, that grab people's attention more? Yeah, I think um, actually a song a song that I I wrote in this in this studio actually with oh, nice. a friend of mine called um, Steve Balsamoy. Yeah, um, called Love or Fear. Um, I think for me that song always it's a personal song, but it also appeals, I think, to other people. And it always hit. What do you think that is? Well, I think it kind of talks about quite a lot of things. Um, And um, in the last two years, it's been like very relevant. Um, You know, this song is called Love or Fear. And it's kind of like. I love the title as well. I'm already like, oh, what's that about? Yeah. I want to know. It's It's kind of like about how um, you can choose. I think you know what I'm going to (laughs) say. You can choose to to love or or to hide away. Um, And the song sort of talks about weighing up the options. Um, and for me, every time it, it, it hits me every time I sing it. Um, and I feel like I do get quite, quite a good response when I sing that. Mm. That's really cool. And I, I guess I'm going to steal something that we normally ask, but mm. it seems relevant. So when you're writing a song, how do you know the difference between a good one and a great one? I think, 
as a as a songwriter and, and also a creative, um, I think I think you you just get that feeling, like and yeah, I feel like a lot a lot of people that are like, not even just songwriters, just like creative people in general, like say like a, an artist like making this painting, like sometimes the colours will just jump out in a way that they never do. And I feel like you That's can cool. really relate that with songwriting. Um, is that you'll you'll play something and you'll have a realization or something, and you'll be like, that, "That's actually really true." And I feel like for me, if I can feel like I, I really believe every word in the song, then That's that cool. for me is is what sets apart a good and a great song. Great answer, yeah. And especially if you write a song that you feel is really you and you perform it in that way, people are going to go, mm. they'll feel it more than, more yeah. than understand it. Yeah. Super. <clears throat> go on, I know, Sorry. I'm just looking at you. I know um, going. What is it that drew you to country music? That's, that's also a songwriting thing. Um, I think you, you hear like a lot of people say it, but it's, it's so true that um, for, for me, especially like, modern pop music um i feel like that's kind of like more about like um just like hooky melodies repeated about a thousand times um and in in three and a half minutes Mm. (laughs) and uh yeah i just think that country music for me has always been like the truth and i (laughs) like in terms of in terms of the way the songwriters write um I, I'm not too sure on the history of it, but I believe country come from like blues and like soul, like yeah, back in the forties and fifties. Um, and even like earlier than that, like it was, it was the people's music and it, and it come over f- from like Ireland and Scotland. It's folk um, mixed with it's, blues. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. That's kind of what exactly. it is essentially. Um, and I, th- I think it's just like lyrically, I, f- I feel like country music is it. it it's sort you of where my heart's best. at. Oh, well, it is. <laughs> it is the best. Yeah, it, country lyrics, music is the best. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll hands down say that. Um, we all look, both of us agree. Like we're not not, gonna... not afraid. <laughs> yeah, don't be. It's incredible. No. Yeah. Um, what? Which artists do you think jump out at you, and and why? In country music, you said Chris Stapleton, but yeah, um, I I'm a big fan of Billy Strings. Um, oh, okay, he's he's kind of less country, more bluegrass. Yeah, mm. um, but I've recently been getting like heavily into his music, and um, yeah, I just I think like his guitar playing is just like absolutely amazing. Um, I don't think anyone can top him. Mm. It, like and even in in Nashville, I I think his his guitar playing is amazing. Um, and do you listen to him in a sense of guitar playing, or a kind of more more so actually guitar playing than I do lyrically? Mm. Um, but his lyrics are amazing as well. Um, I think on a on a li- on a more lyric side, I, I would say probably someone like Jason Isbell. Mm. Yeah. Um, I love his song like "Traveling Alone." Um, yeah. For me, that's like. Like I used to do a lot of travelling up up and down the country on the um, National Express buses before I could drive. Right. Because um, it's like the cheapest way, right? Exactly. You could get to Cornwall for 20 quid. Um, it took 12 hours. Like it would <laughs> it would drive all the way through the night um, and it would stop at all the little towns. Yeah. Um, like literally like everywhere. And through that period of my life, I was listening to... Um, Isbell's album I think I'm not sure the name of it what age were you at this time uh, probably 15 16 15 um, but tra- Travelling Alone is a track on the album and um, I love Jason Isabel what I love as well as I can see with you because I want to say two things first of all mm. all the people we've found that have done well with themselves on this show or people at least we, we want people to hear are people like you who've gone okay, I'm 15, but I'm just going to jump on a 12-hour bus to get to Cornwall to play music. Yeah. And on yeah. that bus, I'm going to listen to music. And 
Mm. I think we want to get people to start thinking about how they can take their songs from just in their room to out on the streets. So what advice would you have for someone who's just writing in their room and hasn't quite gone on the street yet? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. For, for everybody, it's different. And I don't think that, like, busking is for everyone. Like, mm. And it's not the only way to do things. For me, it works. It works for me, which is which is why I do it. But I, I feel like, you know, if you are if you are just at home in your room or your home studio, if you like, there's nothing wrong with that mm. at all. Um, and I feel like you just have to have the intention and just like the drive to go out and do it. Because I feel like sometimes it's a little more than just the passion, because you can have the, the like the heart for it, but sometimes like it's just, it some, it can get quite stressful and like quite busy. And yeah, I feel like you have to try and stay really on top of yourself. Um, which for me is something that I've been struggling with recently uh, because post the last two years, like before, before all the, all the last two years have happened, I had like a really good routine i was sort of kind of fresh out of college um where i felt like i learned quite a lot um just with like different personalities of people and i think that's that would probably be what i would get most from getting out and playing music is that you you learn how to be with other musicians and also like you learn different personalities um i feel like there are like obviously in every profession there's always there's always someone that is going to be like quite hard to talk to, okay, um, yeah. and I or, or like work with in in a sense, mm. but sometimes like you say you both have the, like an idea or something for for a song, yeah. getting past that it's kind of like um, relates to co-writing, um, getting past the kind of like personal barrier. I feel like is the hardest thing to do and like breaking into that. The... And how would you say, cause I did want to ask you about yeah. co-writing. So for example, with Steve, I'm assuming that's a lot easier than it is with some other people who haven't co-written as much. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like we, you know, we have, we have a relationship, like a friendship and like we know each other on a personal level. And I feel like once you know someone well, you can dive in deeper and I feel like if you both have similar views, it can be a good thing and a bad thing, I think. But if you both have like similar outlooks on life, um, I feel like it's a lot easier to to write. To write. So you feel like you need to do a bit of groundwork with people, maybe have some form of relationship. I feel like that's sometimes with co-writing even more important than mm. than the actual writing itself. Right. Like, yeah. I learned that I think when I was in Nashville, like. When were you in Nashville? I first went to Nashville in 2018. And you were nine, seventeen. Um, I think I was still sixteen. You're a nutter, mm. mate. That's great. Uh, yeah. How many times have you been to Nashville? Yeah. Uh, only twice. Twice. Um, only twice. Yeah. <laughs> great. That's great. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'd like to live there at some point, but um, okay, mm. I'll put it out there, man. I uh, yeah, cheers. <laughs> I um, I just I just went there and I. I've been speaking to um, a guy who I, I wrote with a lot at my college. His name is Sam Marlowe. Um, he um, he taught um, a young lady who's in very much cracked the industry now in in the states and and all over Europe. And Jay Bird, um, cool. and she kind of is like has like an Americana twist to to her sound. Um, but he he told me that you know when you go to Nashville, man, it's all about the writing. And I didn't really like. Obviously, I knew Nashville was like obviously music city, but I didn't know it was so much about the writing as it was. <laughs> and um, what do you mean by that? When you went there, what was it that made you think, "Damn, this is about the writing"? Mm. Well, I think it's it's just such a creative town, and mm. like it's almost like. You go in a bar or a cafe, almost everyone there is a creative <laughs> in some way. Or a writer. Yeah. Or, yeah. And crazy. Were you overwhelmed by Nashville? I was. Yeah. I was. We were there for two weeks. Um, 
me and my mum. Because uh, <laughs> well, well, yeah, because well, the deal was I was sixteen. Um, I couldn't legally um, book no. accommodation, mm-hmm. um, and my mum didn't have the money to go, so I, I busked my ass off for like <laughs> five months and and muscled up the money to to go um, for the flights and everything. That's really cool, man. Yeah, you yeah. Look how how few people do that and mm. have done that. Yeah, well, I just think like for me, I would say in the last like kind of like six years, in my head it's just been Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. It's kind of like That's you great. hear it a lot, but when when I got there, um, I think the first night that I did, I played in a place called the Commodore Lounge, which is like a hotel, but they have like a venue, like in the restaurant area. Um, I just met so many like amazing musicians um, and then they invited me to Bobby's Idle Hour, which I, I think they were going to close, um, but I think they're, they're up and running again now. Uh, it's a, the only venue on Music Row. So it's like right near all the studios. The only venue on Music Row. Yeah. So, well done, man. so it's, so it's an amazing place and, you get some really cool people playing there. Um, and I went there and I met these, these awesome writers and I was kind of like, not, not, not like I'm trying to think of the word I was, I was listening into people's conversations yeah, to try and good. figure out what, what they the saying. deal was, you know, and when, um, what the deal was in terms of like how you can write with people. Yeah. Or what is here. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was kind of like, I suppose I was quite nervous um, it's pretty not pretty normal, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, my my mum, she's she's from Holland, and um, she's quite forward. And like she she would start to say what she thinks. Yeah. And like I I I feel like I'm like that too now. But at the time, I was I think a little bit more reserved. Um, Do you think that helped you, or was it a bit of a hindrance at that time? I feel like looking back, if I was a little bit more kind of like out of my shell, if you were that maybe yeah. it would have been better. But what does I, better mean to you? In terms of like, I feel like I could have made some more connections, cool. but I think that it had its place. Um, so if you had the chance to go again, hmm. would you do anything differently? Honestly, because it's tough to say that, but you said coming out of your shell would have helped you make kind of more relationships happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I would have done anything different. Um, I just, uh, I feel like what I learned was that everybody writes with everybody in Nashville. Right. And even if you're writing with someone that's not like. Massive. Well, you don't need, yeah, you don't need to write with anybody that's like that known Mm. at all, really, because I feel like most of the time, anyway, I feel like the people that aren't known have more things to say. Right. Um, Yeah, that's cool. And um, because it's kind of like from the other side. Um, and I, I I remember meeting this lady, her name was Dina. Um, she's from Chicago and she was actually on a, like everybody in the States that's a musician, they they just do like these trips to Nashville trips like to Nashville. every month. They're like, oh, I'm just going to go to Nashville like next <laughs> week because they can. like Exactly. Yeah. Um, Whereas you had to stay for five months together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and bring your mum. Yeah. <laughs> and she she gave me this like inspiration like on like the third day. She was like, We 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 arranged to do this writing session um at this place. Um like a like a writing studio. So like it's kinda cool. like Do you know what it was called? Just for, for reference. No, the, but it lasts like in Nashville they have these like they're almost like apartments. Oh, really? which you like hire out it's like $20 an hour for writing uh, so it's like they make it all like really vibey in there like you have like a nice fire um, well like, obviously not in the summer but like you have nice lighting um, atmospheric nice candles and stuff did that help genuinely I feel yeah, like that cool. does help with writing right. uh, if you can make the atmosphere good it, I think it can change change the song um well i know i, I really want to go deep on this because i was working with a yeah, student yeah, recently sure. and for the first time he went into that kind of like mesmerizing state of creating which mm. you'd be used to going into but why do you think like in here you know we've got candles going low lights why do you think that 
brings out more in you? Um, I don't really want to use this word, but like, it's it. like less clinical. Like, yeah. I feel like... Yeah, because the opposite, right? It'd be a bright white doctor studio yeah. when you're suddenly feeling a bit nervous. Yeah, and, and like, um, yeah, I just feel like if you're, if you're vibing like, and you've got like, some ideas, if you're in a, if you're in a, like rubbish atmosphere yeah it it can really change the way you feel like and that's not just the room that's people too right yeah and like like i feel like i can't write in a full house like if if everybody's home like i can't like i used to be i used to be able to switch off quite well but i don't feel like i can so much like now um, I feel like you, you have to give yourself the space. And, and what I learned great. from Dina, she was like, oh, but so, so we wrote for like two hours. And then this lady, um, God rest her soul, I think she passed away last year. Um, her name was Pam. And she, she come into the, into the studio, into the writing room. She's like, oh, but, uh, we have this room now. And we were like, an hour and a half into this song and we were like mm. so into it and wow. I was like oh I was like devastated I was like God yeah. can we not go in another room and they'd all been booked out um, because because that's just what people do in Nashville yeah, exactly. is that you know with the writers they'll go and write in these rooms or, or at someone's house um, and then out of that session if if you feel like you kind of wanted like another view on the song. Mm. You like Dina was kind of like, "All oh, right, I know this guy who I met last night at this place, yeah. and I think he would have a really good take on it." And then it's like, "All right, let's call him up." That's cool. The next day, get him in a in a room and we'll work on it as a three. Um, I feel like that's the beauty of 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 Nashville is that. You're quite. I feel like you're quite close to a lot of people. You're around people like you, even as simple as that. Essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you're around like like-minded people, and the ability to just go, okay, I'm going to write a song tomorrow, um, with this person and this person. Like it's it's just. I feel like one if you've been there for a while, it's kind Wait, of you're just you're describing it. I'm like that is just the coolest thing in the world because you're like mm. there's these apartments bespoke made for songwriting. And meeting yeah. someone else, they know someone last night. Here, mate, imagine trying to just go out on the street and meet people to write songs. It'd be like write what? Yeah, well, it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of a weird one. I feel like the obviously London is a very What's the word? There's a lot of songwriters. There's like, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, and there's a lot of stuff going on in London, not sure. just with songwriting. And but I feel like we're just English. And yeah, well, you said it like um, <laughs> you said your mum's uh, from Holland. Yeah, and we interviewed someone called Yantina, and I met her recently up in oh, Bath. Oh, awesome. she just says it. Yeah, no, when you speak to her, like, because Ed and I, the guy I'm working with, as well, I got him in the show. Me and him are very like sweet and quiet. Yesterday, we're writing in the room, like, oh, what do you, what do you think of this idea? It's like, oh yeah, it's pretty cool. Man. Yantina's like, no, bad. Next one. What it? And it's like, do you think that's what we need to do a bit more of here? Possibly. Yeah, I, I, I quite like the reserved, the reserved, um, sort of person personality as well. Like, I think, I think with ev- with everything, it's like you just you just need a good mix of everything. I, th- right. I feel like it's a balance always, isn't it? Yeah, I think it always is a balance. Um, it's like if you if you're like re- if you record a track. Um, you have this idea and this idea and this idea you chuck it all down in the studio and then at the end of the session you've got this track that has keys here uh, a bass solo then a guitar solo then key solo and it's like before you know it all these ideas which are great individually just become like this big mess mush Um, so yeah I feel like balance is a really important part of of just life, really. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, but first, very relatable um, to songwriting, I think. We call that, when I work with people, I call that too much cake. Yeah. So you have like one bite of cake, you're like, oh, it's brilliant, you know, three, four, five. All right. And then suddenly the 10th one, you get, no, too much of a good thing. And that's what you're saying, right? You mm. want to crowd out the idea. Yeah, it's, temp- it's always tempting. Um, the temptation's always there to 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 dive in too deep, I think. But maybe 
Diving too deep isn't always a bad thing. Depth is great, I think, but like when you're saying, yeah, like I don't want twelve sections to my song. Yeah, you want you want to know where the boat's sailing. <laughs> yeah, and is that a conversation? Because it's a really good yeah. point. Like, genuinely, if I work with people, you kind of want to. Is there a brief? Is this for someone? Is because you find if you write without any kind of idea, mm. do you sit down with a sentence and write, or you like, yeah? How do you do it? Um, I think a good a good example again is from a guy I met in Nashville. His name's Josh Josh Rowe. Um, man, actually some mad stories about people I met there. He got he got shot in the head last what? year. Driving mm. Ubers. I suppose that's the downside of um, of uh, America, right? Is that you know, if there's violence, it's serious. Um, people have guns, you know, and it just takes per- certain people, right, to have the wrong thing in their hands. But he got shot in the head driving Ubers, and he survived. Um, and I remember he he put something something like the first thing he said um, when he was conscious enough to write something down. Um, was I forgive you? Um, he said. He said um, to his mum, "Tell the guy who shot me, I forgive you." And uh, what a hero! Yeah, and and he, you know, he he's he's go, he's just did a did a tour um, around the whole of the states in the car that he got shot in, um, and he's made like a little bed in the in the car, and he's like just like. Just camping it, you know, going about. And I, we, I, we sat down um, at one of my favourite places in Nashville um, called Cafe Coco. Um, so like this amazing coffee coffee shop. It's all like these really like cool people, yeah. like kind of like hipster vibe, but like not. It's kind of like the in between. And then across the road was this like pizza place that was really good um <laughs> you're selling it man, kind I mean, of made yeah, it right yeah um and we, we sat outside um and uh aside from us across the table there was uh like five or six drag queens and that, that was that was like kind of the vibe um so it was it was weird and wonderful and um that's the way yeah <laughs> and we sat down for an hour and we we both had titles just in our in our books and we just sat down for an hour just like how about this how about this title and he's like oh, I'm not sure about that uh, how about this one and then I'm like I don't like that and we just yeah. literally for an hour to and from an hour pretty much um, wow he, he did a recording on one of those zoom things yes and um, like you listen back to it um, just talking so much crap for like an hour um but we wrote this song called Underwater Lines. Um, that sounds cool. What's that about? Yeah. And I just, well, it's kind of like, um, so one thing I noticed when I went to Nashville was the homeless problem. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's a big issue around the world, like globally. But it's, it's quite pronounced in America though in some cities. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I was just, we just started talking about this and like a bit like, it is now. It got quite deep, and like we was just—I was just saying to him that, like, you walk around at night. I always feel like you don't know a city until you 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 walk out at night. So uh, cool. about two, three o'clock in the morning, I remember my my mum was asleep um, at, at the hostel that we stayed at, um, and um, yeah, we uh, I, I me and my mate um, from Australia, we took a stroll down down broadway and it's a different place mm. um there's you know, all the all the homeless they come out at night and the streets are just like it's almost like crawling and all the back alleys and i was just talking to him and i was just saying like i just think it's so sad that like there's all these people and they that's that's their life that's it yeah um and he was that's where the title come about um, like underwater lines, it's kind of like um, what's beneath the surface. Um, nice, yeah. Like and it. like everybody's just looking at like obviously like what's in front of them. But um, which for you is like you said. I'd love to congratulate you on one thing as well is that just going out and having the awareness to go. Like, I might get really inspired if I just do something that's not expected of me, which is to mm. go out at night. Hopefully, you're being safe with your mate. 
yeah and just see just see things as they are like that's being a songwriter i think as well it's really cool yeah for sure i don't um we we just we just sat there and we was you know we was like we just we just got so deep into it and and uh i think the lyric was um stare the first lyric was staring up at the blood-stained sky um nice. still unknown where the future lies um love that so cool. yeah yeah and then and then it goes on i i, you know, I love the lyrics because i can say this because it's not just my idea um, <laughs> that's a great point right yeah as soon as you're part of something you can be more proud of it i feel like yeah right? i feel like i always really am cool. um but the the my favorite lyric in in it is um my heart is an ocean trapped in time and nice we nice. wrote that together it took us a while to kind of come up with it um, but it's kind of like for me just explains the whole like feeling like there's so many oceans trapped in time um, like so many people just like, don't care yeah um, be- because it's like and when you say oceans trapped in time what does that mean to you like people like it's just people yeah just like just people's souls and like I kind of had this idea of like people's like souls like flying around and like you could kind of like think it's like they're dead and they're living like all in one um yeah kind of or even like like you said you know because a friend of mine's been to nashville and they've got like you know they've got clubs you can go in at midday and there's people with pink revolvers hanging off the bar that's the daytime you know these ladies like sam hunt sings about it really well you know high heels down broadway kind of thing yeah and like you said at night this is the reality too. You know, we can't just focus on, it's always balance, right? You can't just focus on the good stuff. Yeah. To be good writers, I think. For sure. Be wrong. For sure. Yeah. Mm. And I think going out, doing what you do is, is great. That's why I think as writers, we need to do that. One of my favorite songs um, by Chris Christopherson is Sunday Morning Coming Down. And when you listen to the lyrics of this, you can tell he's he's been out on a Sunday morning stroll almost. Um, and he's just going through these things that, you know, um, then I crossed the empty street and caught the Sunday smell of someone frying chicken. And it's <laughs> just there, though, aren't like, you? that's it. You're he's taking there. you on this journey. And, yeah. These little pockets of things. Yeah. On a Sunday morning and, and you're there, you're getting these images. And um, then I headed back home and somewhere far away, a lonesome bell was ringing and, you're getting that, you know, Sunday morning, the church bells. You're there. Everything's there, yeah. And That's it's... as southern as it gets. Mm. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. Lonesome yeah. and church bells in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but it's beautiful, though, because even as someone, I have not personally visited Nashville, but or even the South, but mm. the artist I love, you're there. Like we talked about with the song you loved at the start and also yeah. the song you wrote with your friend, mm. Underwater Lines. I'm in it, because if you write a lyric well... It's the, it's the idea of I explain something to you and you understand it and go, cool. Or you say a lyric and I'm just in, I'm there. That's lyrical deep diving. Yeah. That's what we're trying to get to here because who wants to hear a song that doesn't mean anything? Mm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think that that's kind of a good example from my side that when I wrote that with him, I wasn't thinking, but obviously I was thinking like, yeah, I want to want to write something that the listeners are going to relate to but I kind of like came away a lot from the technicalities of, of writing. And what, cause we'd love to dive into that too. Cause yeah. I feel like we've hit you really hard with kind of ethereal creative stuff, but mm. are there any skills that you remember picking up from Nashville? Anything that people can kind of take away? Yeah. I think the big, the big one is you just have to be open to, to everything. And sometimes um, I did a write, um, during the lockdown last year, um, with this guy, you know, he's he's written songs with like Ed Sheeran. And What's his name? I can't remember his name. All right, yeah. Um, but How I just did you meet him. Sorry, just even if you can't remember his name. Uh, through through Steve, actually, he's a friend of Steve's. But I we did this right on Zoom, and I think for for me, I was like like writing across a screen. It's just the hardest thing Um, because songwriting is such a personal thing. Um, And what you mean by that is the stuff that we can't put into words as humans. Yeah. I I can feel what he's doing next to me. I'm not looking at him. I know how you're feeling. I'm not, you're not saying it. It's all that stuff you need. Yeah. And I feel like there's such, there's so much disconnect across the screen. 
Uh, I, I wrote a song about it actually called yeah. Black Mirror. Um, cool. It's kind of like inspired from that and also um, the, the, series the series Black yeah. Mirror. Um, but I just, I just didn't, I didn't feel it from like... The, Literally what you said, from I the, didn't feel from it. The minute, from the minute we started the riot, I didn't feel it. Um, and... Um, yeah, you know, I think the song actually went on and he released it and it's got quite a lot of traction, which is amazing. But I feel like what I've learned from that is that you have to be open to things, but you you have to allow yourself to be open to things, but sometimes you can't always if you if your heart isn't supposed to be like going down a certain avenue, mm. then I feel like sometimes it's it's better to to stay true to yourself uh, I think that's something that I learned from my, my fiance Chloe um, she's a oh, song congratulations I didn't know oh, cheers, yeah, nice. she's a she's a songwriter um, do you write together well it's, we find it so hard oh that's because um, Nick and Amy came they're, they're literally married <coughs> and they yeah. write together so how do you find it that's really well, so so I'm I, I like to think that I I um, really think about my lyrics and Chloe is just like the ultimate perfectionist, and she mm. she dives deep, like with the with the lyrics. But she's she's like on another planet. Too deep for you. Yeah, it she's just like too, on too another different. planet. Um, like when it comes to writing, like in a, in a in a wonderful, like really beautiful way. Um, and and sometimes that's that's kind of hard. But I feel like um. Just what I've what I've learned from her really is that you you have to believe in what you're writing, and mm. if you don't believe in what you're writing, and you just pursue <sighs> the song, it will it will show. Well said. That is exactly it. Um, yeah. And I feel that I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying you know, pop is bad. I feel like nowadays, <laughs> you should get a pop song, and you you look. I'm not going to quote any artists, but. There was, a, there was a song released a, a year or so ago, and there's like ten writers on it. Um, what song is I, it? It's okay, you can say it. No I think it was a, on an Ed Sheeran album. Yeah. Um, mm. And I'm, and I'm just like, you know, I'm listening to to it, and like, this is a great song, but why? Like, I feel like it kind of was people? there was kind of like some kind of disconnect, and it was more about the hooks. Then it yeah. was okay, like, that's cool. and and that's not a bad thing at all. Hooks hooks are amazing and they're really a really important part of a song. But for me, that's where that's why I love country music so much. But you said it so well earlier. Sorry if I can interject. Yeah. Is that like when it's ten people writing for Red Sheeran, it tends to get caught more up in the end result, mm. which is hooks, pop, and memory. I feel you like know, memorable stuff. Whereas yeah, you're I feel, like, let's tell a story. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. I think people think people think about it too much sometimes. And I think that's what we learned from from Chloe. What do you think of um, Adele? Yeah, I love I love Adele. Love Adele, yeah. Interesting, because I mean, she still writes with yeah, yeah. one other person usually, maybe two. You know, her most recent single in the charts um, is it "Easy on Me." I think it's her and one other writer. Yeah, I, I think as well. So, I found um, which you kind of hinted at as well. But for example, Yantina's done far more sessions than maybe I ever will. She's amazing. She's a friend of mine. Um, she says if it's more than two or three, she really struggles in a room. I I, I agree. Yeah, it's I tough, think right? The biggest write I've ever done is four people, and it's amazing. You get so many ideas, like, and I feel like you do get songs done quicker when you co-write. Sometimes, like if if you both if everybody's on the same page, that's it, though, isn't it? You you get in the room, and from the get go, everybody knows exactly what they want to write about. And you're all on the same page. I feel like it can be an amazing thing. That's communication, isn't it? It's a skill, right? It's like what we talked about. Like, well, I feel like relationship first is more important because sometimes it it's a lot harder to dive deep with someone that you've only just met. You know, right? Yeah, um, like you and I when we came in. You know, we just like, hello, how you doing? Just surface level stuff. Yeah, but it's, suddenly it's really important. You know, and. Um, I feel like you you don't have the same connection with everybody. Um, no, it'd be silly, room. wouldn't it? 
it'd be yeah. a bit weird. Yeah, and you know, not everybody is on the same level, and that's fine. Um, and that's also why I think some people write better on their own or with other people. Yeah. <laughs> or one or two, or even as well, just to talk quickly, that you can sometimes see, you go on Spotify, look at the song credits, you'll see 10 people. And I think that tends to happen more with the bigger artists because it can often be a case of three people, like we've talked about, have written a song, you know, even top liner, two producers or vice versa. But then that song is then a section is taken from another one or a producer comes in and suddenly you've got 10 people. So I know mm. you're not saying 10 people are in a room for Ed Sheeran. No. But at the same time, even the biggest songs, all the way down to you and I, it's like two or three. You know, I don't want to say that you can't write with more than that. But like you said, three is about the limit. Yeah, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it, it is as simple as someone is in the room making tea and they oh, get a credit yeah. because it is just because they're in the room yeah. providing something, they're adding to the atmosphere of the room. And yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. a really important part. And, and um, a, f- a friend of mine called Joe, I've written a lot of songs with him. Um, we, used to, we used to write so often in, in his flat up in Hornchurch near near where I'm from and um, we used to sit there we used to start at 8 o'clock finish at 2 o'clock in the morning and okay, nice. his girlfriend Kat would quite often make us food um, and be in the kitchen and she'd be like listening in mm. like, and I remember there was this one time where we were like sitting there for like a while like, we, we knew what we wanted to say <laughs> But we did, couldn't get it couldn't out. Get it, yeah, we were yeah. both at this on the same point in our brains, <laughs> and she, you know, she's not a writer, but she, she just said like, "Oh, how about how about this?" And I can't remember <laughs> what the lyric was, but I just remember that what she said was bang on the money, mm. and it sparked like a new imagination for us exactly. both. Exactly, and you can't go like that wouldn't have happened without her. No, you can't lie, can you? No, no, you can't lie, and and it wouldn't have. And um, I feel like sometimes it, it actually taking time with a song is is very important. And yeah, because that's not what's cool at the moment. It's all about just banging them out yeah. really quick. Yeah, and a, a lot of people do that, and it's that's great if you can do that. But sometimes it works, but often it doesn't work. It's not at the same depth because you just can't. So I think the longest song I ever wrote took me two years to write, and like I feel like sometimes you. You have to, you know, you always record it on your phone, listen back to it again and again and again. And I feel like you just sometimes that helps you just get like a bit of perspective on it. Bit of perspective. Yeah. It's like co writing with yourself. I like to think of it like the creative and the critic. You seem to be very good at creating things, but then suddenly you have to go to a different room or record it on your phone mm. before you can accurately see like starting to criticize properly. And then suddenly you record a new version, you create in that sense. And then you look at it again, you know, but you can do that in a room. If you and I wrote, I'd be yeah. looking at you and you'd be looking at me and it can go a bit faster, but you can co-write with yourself in a way. I think that's what's important about playing live as well. Um, yeah. Something that um, did, well, did start to sort of die out a little bit. Think there's a real like the live scenes coming back more, more so now. Um, but, I feel like it's, it just like open mics. Like even yeah. if you don't, if you're not, if you don't have gigs booked, just playing in a different room with a different PA, with a different mic has a slightly different sound is for me a, an important tool when it comes to writing because you can have this idea and in your room it sounds amazing. Yeah. And then suddenly when you get up in front of 50 people, that they're all pissed in a bar with you know eight eight pints down their neck. It doesn't seem doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't work. And obviously, yeah, people people are are drunk. But I feel like sometimes that's the best um, the best judge. Like if you can snap someone out of the state that they're in to listen oh, to cool. what yeah. to listen to what you're saying, then that's. That's the money, I think, for me. And it's an effective, efficient way. Because if someone's drunk, they're giving you like five seconds. They're like, "You impress me, or I'm going to be shouting and drinking with my mates." Yeah, if and, you can grab them. And that's mm-hmm. that's that's that is the harsh reality of modern music. Of me, yeah, 
And especially, you know, yeah, playing live, like a lot of people do like to get on it. Playing your songs live, I think it's amazing. It makes me think of two things. First one is Dennis Pop, who was the mentor of Max Martin and Max Martin seems to be the god of pop. Dennis Pop used to take his songs to the club that night and literally make changes to the production, the mm-hmm. verse or whatever, just based on people's reactions. So what you're doing as well, it's, it's really important, I think. I think that there's what was just in my in my head when you were saying that is just Go for it, yeah. two two women in the industry um with the country industry um Marin Morris and awesome, Miranda yeah. Lambert yeah. um for me I think they do that so well um, especially Miranda on her latest album yeah. Wildcard um there's this one song that I just I listened to on repeat for months <laughs> called Fire Escape um cool. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And there's this, there's this, this is a hook in it, but it's so it's, it's an emotive hook. And there's yeah. a difference, like I feel like with just a me- that, melodic. That's cool. Hook Go on. Yeah. That's and really an emotive cool. hook because mm. you can have something that's like, you know, I hate to stereotype, but like, well, it's manufactured to be a hook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a hook science, we call it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, kind of something I feel quite strongly about is that um, what I learned from going to college is you can't learn music. I don't think you. I don't think you can. Or not all of it, right? No, yeah, you could. So you can learn the technicalities. You yeah. can. Yeah, you can. You can do all that, and you can read music, and that's awesome. But if you don't feel it, mm. it's never going to feel right. Like. And um, yeah, this song "Fire Escape" is it, it's just a just a really powerful song. Mm. Um, yeah, the lyrics are floating around in my head. I can't really can't really pinpoint. No, well, any people of them. people will go and listen to it if you say it. Because yeah, I mean, uh, get some you can find out the. Mm, but I just know that there's a feeling associated. To I that love song. what you said, Josh. Like there's. There's a manufactured hook and there's an emotional hook. It's it's so be- cool because man. of this so emotional cool. hook is that's why I have this feeling stealing that in the song and and uh, our assistant Callum is just yeah look <laughs> yeah he's just giving me these lyrics right yeah, so yeah. the first the first line um, we'll smoke like a couple in the 1960s <laughs> lit up like a pair of Woodstock hippies <laughs> and <laughs> then you go to um, the last verse, and it's downtown bar bands bouncing off brick walls, half pint lovers rolling out with their last calls. Mm-hmm. So big, right? How good is that? Who are the writers on that? I don't know, actually. Let's have a look. Um, Hillary Lindsay, Liz Rose, Laurie McKenna. Uh, she's a really well-known um, writer in, in Nashville. And Miranda Lambert, so four writers. Four yeah. Yeah. Why did it hit you? Why was it emotionally hooking rather than manufacturing? It's kind of like, um, it's just the pedal steel. I mean, that's the voice ah, of country music. Right, and it's right. it's actually kind of weird because, um, so the guy that plays pedal steel with Miranda, um, so me me and Chloe have just bought a camper van. Um, we plan, we plan on living in it um, sometime soon. Um, but we, <laughs> so my dad, my dad has a friend called, called Callum, um, called Bill. <laughs> Um, Callum's over there. Yeah, yeah. Called, called called Bill Bill Cullum is his surname. That's I why I said Cullum. Um, and he has this VW T twenty five camper van, which like VW vans and like cars have been a big part of my childhood because my dad, um, he, he's always been into his Beatles and he's got a, a Type two nineteen seventies <laughs> okay. van. Mm. And this guy, his son, um. In Colliero, the town that I I I grown up in, um, twenty years ago was a pedal. Well, he is is a pedal steel player in a suburb of London. Twenty years ago, and like even now, you don't get many pedal steel players around here. Mm -hmm. And he he now he went to Nashville, um, and he now is plays with Miranda. Um, mm, he, so I think he started out with his his band in Nashville called Steelism, which is an instrumental <laughs> band. Yeah, 
Um, and he is he's the head of it um, with his pedal steel. He's an MD. Yeah. yeah. But like yeah. imagine like, because when you said pedal steel, I was like, yeah. Because imagine the difference between that or a cello or a violin in terms of emotional response or a recorder, right? They're playing the same notes, but when you hear something that's emotional. Well, it's like you can oh, bend yeah. the notes like, and it's like... Between the tones. Yeah. And it's and beautiful. It's, it's just, it gives this sense of like warmth. It almost sounds like a yeah warmth, right? Or or the way that country harmonies are stacked, or the way like they track vocals. It's all yeah, yeah. It's meant to be emotional, right? None For of it's... sure. I think it almost sounds like a cry pedal steel. It's like yeah. You know, I'm not going to impersonate it. <laughs> yeah, no. People can go and check it out. But I love what you said as well in terms of you can't learn everything about music if you don't have the feeling. Because I, I when I'm teaching coaching people today. I, and I'm, I've got all these tools that I remind them of and tools I use myself. But then they ask me something and they go, but how does it feel? And they're a bit annoyed because it's like, there's not a tool for that. It's like, no, but does it feel right? Because if it doesn't, just like you said, it's not going to work. That's awesome. I love that. And is there anything, because you've been super generous with your time, man. And I think people are going to take a lot from this. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, it's never what you expect they're going to take, which is mm-hmm. a great thing. I think you've covered some... Yeah. So I spend all my time looking at tools and trying to collate them for people, but you're doing it all, but you maybe just don't know you're doing it. So don't change. Just, just keep learning, keep growing and keep writing. I wish we wish you all the best. And thank you. You know, we're going to be watching what you're up to and expecting big things. Now you've been on this. Cheers. Thank you so much. If I had one more thing to add, it would be the best way to kill fear as a songwriter is by taking massive action instead of talking about it. And you're the perfect example of this. Yeah. Wow. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, That's uh, thank you for coming on. Kind of like, kind of like what, where where I'm at at the moment. I think, and I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring it up, but bring it up. I think it's so, it's so in the in the um, world right now. Just, just COVID. Like the last two years, there's been so much fear and so much love, as well, and like, not not to take any sides politically because I don't feel like that's necessary. But it's not what we talk about. But you can, yeah, yeah, go for it, yeah. Um, but like, when people are scared, they're at their most vulnerable. Yeah. And for the last two years, and even now, still, everybody has been scared. They're still scared, and still are. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not. Um. No, but, I'm saying you're not, man. I think you're very honest. You're very open. It's but cool. but yeah, like I just I just I just feel like um that's that's such an important important thing to think about. Um and I that like daily I like to try and that's the message I think that if I could get one message across to someone it'd be that like believe believe in the future and nice that like great things will happen but you have to put your mind to it and some things are out of our control and we can't help that but we can use the time that we have to put it towards other things that we would never thought of doing like furthering like furthering like relationships with like family um where like I feel like it's kind of like been a big time of reflection for me. Like we're all so busy in our, in our lives and you, you miss things sometimes. Yeah. Like everybody misses things. And I feel like the last two years have been a, a point of reflection and a chance to look at the world in a different way. And and like my message, I think what what I want to give out in my songs in in the future is that, that just live your bloody life, you know, <laughs> day by day. I'm tearing up at the moment, <laughs> genuinely. Yeah, that's so beautiful what you said. And even just me saying that, I feel like I've cheapened it. But that was just awesome. I don't really cry much. But again, from. You know, I wasn't expect. I didn't know what to expect, but what you've come in with is a really beautiful energy. And like you said, it is very busy upstairs. It's very busy as soon as you go and we all go home tonight, it's going to be busy again. But what you've created in here for people to listen to is someone who's really kind of sure of the direction, 
but still learning about how to get there. And I think that's really beautiful. It's like this, this, this studio, we're in a basement now. Above yeah. us is the heart of London, busiest part of London. Oxford Street is five minutes down the road. Um, there's, there's so much going on, but here we are in a quiet room having this conversation. Yeah. Candles. You know, candles. It's a pace you choose, I think. Yeah. And we do have to work hard and we all busy ourselves and hustle and bustle. Like you said, before we came, you were busy today. All of us were. I think if people can tap into what you're trying to say, there's a lot there. There's a lot of wisdom and there's a lot of practicality and there's a lot of things that you probably won't realise you've imparted to people. Um, but you're positive. That's the people we want on this show. It's really important. So. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Before I cry, I'll say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Oh, cheers. To find out more about us and to get in touch, please head over to I Wish I Knew That Pod on Instagram. And don't forget to join the conversation on our Facebook community. Please also remember to email your questions about songwriting to I wish I knew that pod at gmail.com and we will answer these on our upcoming episodes. Also, if you know someone who would benefit from this, we would really love it if you could give it a share or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And Jamie and I will talk to you on the next episode.